This is Yes and Marketing, the podcast for people who believe that great ideas can come from anywhere. I'm your host, Steve Pogras. Join me for conversations with eclectic marketers and creative thinkers. Yes and Marketing is brought to you by Verblio, the friendliest content creation platform in the business. This week, I'm talking with Ty Magnet, the CEO of Animals, one of the premier content marketing agencies. And with a background in the startup world, Ty's expertise couldn't have come at a better time. In our discussion, we touched on some of the most pressing topics on the minds of marketers today, including vanquishing the blank page problem using AI, how do you incorporate AI into your customer's content strategy, low-click trends for SEO becoming the new normal, and why we shouldn't try to predict the future of marketing. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Ty Magnin, welcome to Yes and Marketing. Thanks for having me. What is your favorite word? My word of the year right now is consciousness. Just trying to raise my consciousness and awareness. If you could travel back in time to any time and place, where would you go to? Probably go to like Summer of Love, San Francisco. Seemed like a good time. You too. Nice. Oh yeah, me too. The college class that you took that you most surprisingly became passionate about? <laughs> it was a bad I've got nothing. <laughs> I studied well, film in college, so it was all pretty interesting and fun. Fair enough. College is a really long time ago. I was obsessed with the New Testament, so I just like to see if anybody else became obsessed with something totally random. Uh, and I'm Jewish, so I found that particularly weird. Your favorite way to spend a Friday day off? Surfing Black Speech. Yeah, great wave here in San Diego. Uh, an epic sort of sanctuary to surf. And on a Friday, you know, shouldn't be so crowded. It's not Saturday morning, so that's the move. Sounds really good right now. How many hours a week do you spend reading? Reading books or just reading? Oh, that's a good question. Both. I feel like I'm reading Slack messages and blog <laughs> articles and LinkedIn yeah. posts all day, you know? Um, but reading books, let's see. I try to read. I'm probably reading four nights a week for an hour, four hours a week. A great book that pops into your mind that you read recently. I'm in the middle of Setting the Table by Danny Mayer. Walter, who's my business partner here at Animals, recommended it. He's the guy that did Shake Shack, but before that, he's done like, you know, real New York restaurants. And he talks about hospitality is sort of an important part of business, especially in the service industry. Um, and at Animals, you know, we have a service business. So um, just an interesting metaphor and uh, some place to rip from Danny. Perfect. All right. We'll uh, transition some uh, improv questions that are closer to your current uh, career work. Um, how do you describe what you do to mere mortals? We get people's attention by creating assets, see who they are and help them along their journey and achieving goals that they have for themselves. What was the moment you first fell in love with marketing? I just kind of fell into marketing. But I guess like when I started thinking about user psychology and how that all applies to business and marketing, I think that's where I really got jazzed. Yeah, me too. I was... Uh... I was obsessed with social sciences before. I did mostly social sciences in college. And then I realized you can actually do social science experiments in real time and just make them up you go and figure out what people do to respond. Amazing. Nice. Your favorite marketing experiment that you can't believe actually worked? I can tell you there was one experiment we wanted to run at AppCues that we never ran, but I wish we did. Okay. So AppCues is a user onboarding platform. I was the head of marketing there for a long time. We wanted to run a user onboarding free trial that was 
30 minutes. Instead of like the seven-day trial, see if it'll be a 30-minute trial. <laughs> you get 30 minutes to try this thing. If you like it, you can buy it. If not, that's it. That's all you get. Because like the scarcity there, you talk about user psychology, right? The scarcity of only having 30 minutes means like you're going to focus on this thing for 30 minutes and that's it, you know? Um, versus like dragging it out for seven days or seven weeks, you know? I don't think it leads to as uh, critical of a decision-making process. Can't believe you didn't actually do that. Has anyone done that? Someone must do that eventually. No, no one I've seen. All right, save that one. It's still, uh, it still can be done. Your biggest surprise about becoming a first-time CEO? That finance people are actually busy doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, it shocks me how much time is spent like passing money around from customer to business, from business to other providers. It's crazy, but there's a whole world of people that actually are doing work to make that all happen. It's like the, the when there's scarcity, everyone's always looking at other groups and thinking about like that team must be slacking because like I'm so busy and there's too much to do. And then like when you become CEO, all of a sudden you're in charge of all of it and you actually have to listen to everybody. Yeah, and they're all doing stuff. <laughs> and they're all doing stuff. Yeah. That might that might be the quote of the episode. All right. Well, we're all here to really learn today from the experts of what's really going on in one of the most convoluted marketing markets I've ever worked through. We're going to talk about marketing trends, content, and AI. So starting off with animals, since you took it over, uh, how has animals changed its recommended marketing strategies for clients over the last year? Great question. About a year ago, we almost exclusively recommended SEO as the kind of content to produce and the channel to focus on. I think with AI and sort of people using Bing for search more or whatever, like searches, we'll probably see fewer clicks in the future than we did in the past. That seems to be the trend where things are going. So now Animals is taking a distribution first approach to content marketing, which means we look at all possible distribution channels, SEO being just one of those, and evaluate which ones we want to focus a client engagement on. SEO is often a part of the mix still, like it's still the number one distribution channel for most companies, but it's not the only one now that we focus on. So we've, we've broadened the aperture and started to write content for all kinds of different distribution channels. And we've seen a lot of success from that. So I'm sure that each customer now has a customized kind of, or kind of solution, but what is a broader strokes, like the range of how much is SEO in your channel recommendations? And then what are the other growing ones that are coming up behind? It's a great question. It depends on the stage of the company. So we're getting more newly funded new startups coming in the door these days. Yeah. And they don't have a high domain authority, right? For us to then go compete on searches. So for them, it's like, what are where are their existing little audiences that we can borrow from? And it could be through influencers or through partners or through some communities. And how can we create content that's bringing those partners or people in for us to then, you know, get them to share out or have them participate in this. So smaller startups are looking at a bit of that. Larger companies are still hiring us for SEO in part, but a lot of them are doing brand content alongside of this stuff. So data reports or more splashy pieces, they get attention and get a lot of backlinks. And it kind of depends on who's got the budget, right? So like a lot of content teams don't have the budget these days, 
but product marketing teams still have a lot of budget or some, and demand gen teams still hold some too. Um, so it also depends on what team is coming to us because that'll also inform, of course, what kind of assets we're creating. Yeah, that's interesting. We're hearing a lot of different teams that are actually coming to us now versus the content team. A lot of the content teams have been disappeared or the SEO teams have just uh, gone away and now you just have a broader marketing. That's kind of who you can talk to. Pretty wild, huh? It's wild. So what do you think of the current state of SEO? There's the constant online fear mongering or maybe corrupt mongering that uh, SEO is, is dying or slowly dying. Is it still an effective channel? And then kind of where do you see it? It was where, is, where, where it was in its heyday. Yeah, um, definitely still an effective channel. I don't think dying is the right word, right? I don't think you believe it's dying either. But I do think the general trend in the past to now has been fewer clicks onto articles, right? More answers and answer boxes. And I think that trend is continuing with search generated experiences. So we'll see fewer clicks in the future than we did in the past, which means like, yeah, I think teams need to be thinking a little bit about what are the other channels that they want to pursue or where can they build their own owned audiences. Um, and we're helping them achieve some of those things. Um, I think I saw a Gartner report put out the other day via Kieran Flanagan about how like in 2030 or something, um, there should be 50% as much uh, search traffic going to websites than there is today. So cut in half in the next six years. I'm probably getting the dates wrong, uh, but the percentage was 50%. I probably should have read the article on huh? But, but anyhow, that, like, that feels in line to me of like in the realm of possibility. Maybe it won't be that dramatic. You know, Garner likes to get splashy headlines too. But yeah, I think the general trend is pure clicks. And it's great to have a range. And AI is just going to scan through this uh, podcast and they're going to find that. And soon that's going to be a stat and then it'll be shared with everybody. So the pre-scan, <laughs> what you just said, will be the, the global truth. <laughs> no fact checks anymore, anyhow. I love the concept that AI hallucinates and doesn't do it with facts is, uh, is just, it's just really fun. You have this like insane storyteller in my mind when I start to imagine what that looks like. Nice. All right. Uh, back on track. Sorry. So there's a uh, marketing channels that I love to follow up on kind of where is successful, where you're aware of kind of what do you recommend more? And then where is content going? Is there more content being created in different areas? Is this still the top way to connect to potential clients and existing clients? And is it just through different mediums or is content itself also going down with, with search traffic? Well, yeah, I think the volume of content will go down with search traffic's reducing. I think it's more about having those few assets that matter more than it is about having all kinds of assets that are like faintly relevant to the business. Because most of that traffic is vanity anyway, right? Like if you're going after SERPs that are, you know, faintly relevant. So I think we'll, we'll probably see smaller content teams that are focused on key initiatives and campaigns. And content might get absorbed more and more into other parts of marketing, right? With the help of AI tools and agencies, you know, that can uh, deliver. What can every company, regardless of size, do today to transform their content strategy? I think it's look at all their distribution channels, right? And kind of go through that distribution first exercise that I mentioned where you're looking at which ones have the highest potential, which ones are the most underutilized in weighing those against each other, as opposed to just kind of ripping off the playbook that worked at your last company or that you've seen other content marketers implement. Everyone has their own unique landscape. And so 
figuring out what's going to work for you, what's going to be the best investment to yield the high, highest ROI and the biggest growth outcomes is the exercise you'll have to go through today. And the other piece is measuring that back, right? Content marketers are pretty bad at measuring ROI. And so having any you know back of the napkin evaluation of this stuff on a regular basis is going to help you keep your job and also like do your job, you know, do it right for the business. Well, um, tell me your take on some of this stuff. Like, what do you think content marketers need to do differently this year? So I think we're at an interesting point because I think we're being pulled in a direction that the market's not going. I think the market is going to end up going towards higher quality, more significant pieces that attract because you're going to have to compete more in a more uh, competitive space for higher end clients. And so right now, like every marketing trend, it starts off that early comers don't have to be that good. They get a huge competitive advantage. And then you get really cheap customers just for being in the space at the right time. Then you have to get better and compete. And now we're, we're at the downward cycle where the late adopters are in and you have to get really good. But AI just reshuffled all of that. And then I'm going to ask you about what you're seeing in AI. And it basically said, everybody believes that what well, most content experts that I talk to say that that's the direction that they expect it to go. But most are seeing a more of a move to lower end quality stuff because it's ranking on SEO and Google hasn't figured it out and the market hasn't settled and marketing budgets have gone down so much that there is less competition. So mm -hmm. in the end, do I think we get there? I do, but I also have no idea how long it takes to get to the higher level quality stuff that I imagine. And I don't know how much that depends on other macro trends in order to get us there versus will that sort itself out in the market? Or are we dependent on Google to figure it out before we can get there? Very right. interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I would add a wrinkle there and say, are those smaller content teams that are doing more low quality stuff effective at measuring the ROI of those programs? Or are they just looking at getting more traffic? Because if you're putting out mediocre content focused on search channels and you're winning some of that traffic, is it converting? Like, are those your happy, healthy customers that last a long time? Yeah. My, my sort of practical brain says, I don't know, you know? You know, prove me wrong. If someone's listening and they have data on it, you know, show me. I don't think anybody can, I don't think anybody has data because I think it's going to change every three months. The question is, when are we going to be right? It's not if we're going to be right, it's when. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. And um, hopefully it'll be sooner. Steve here. And I've been thinking, if we combine Verblio's rockstar writers with our own custom AI tools, we could make high-quality content faster, cheaper, and easier than ever. So we did it. Verblio's all-new app offers a seamless interface and delivers review-ready content at a fraction of the cost to our human-only writer service. Cool, right? Head over to verblio.com backslash content creation to get started and use code FREECONTENT at checkout to get your first article free. Okay, now where was I? So I'd love to hear more about what you're seeing in AI and then um, like, how did it impact your business? Well, first, how did it impact content? And animals were seeing AI creating some efficiencies in certain areas. I think it solved the blank page problem pretty nicely. It can help me when I'm trying to find different influencers and a new, a new customer's market. Like I can look those up pretty quickly with a quick GPT prompt versus having to like do some digging on my own. So it's helping in like really specific areas. And again, generally with the blank page problem, which is valuable. It can help turn a blog post into a social post a little bit faster too. 
especially if that's changing hands in terms of producers. It's also helping some companies that want to get up to scale and like saturate a whole bunch of keywords quickly do that faster. Not always the best strategy, but like I can see a few arguments in cases where I, you know, we support it, we let it happen, we make it happen. But a lot of companies that are having success with content are still believers and, you know, kind of doing it the slow way, um, doing it by hand. And we support that more often than not. The piece that I'll, that I'll add from our perspective is that, that it, it all changes every two to three months. Whatever we got asked for two to three months before that we respond to seems to be in a totally different place. So at the beginning, we got asked for high-end content. We got asked to take it up and even make it even higher end. Then we got asked for just lower the price by two thirds. Like get me AI and slightly edited because it doesn't matter so much. We rolled that out and now we pulled out our pricing page and now the human only content is about 4X the number of hits as the AI that I got asked for three months ago by, by predominant research. And I just think we're just going to have to juke and jive with whatever's working and balance that with whatever customers are asking for. But it's going to, does it ever mellow out? I think the other thing with AI is just the rate of change accelerated so much. It used to be product cycles were two years and three years, and now they're two to three months. Yeah. Wow. It does feel like the zeitgeist around AI with content marketers has changed every quarter. I had a hope to like helping lead that conversation, but I don't think I can keep up, you know? I don't know. I think it'll all even out eventually, like you said, but we're still figuring it out. That's for sure. That's interesting. I'm taking that thought and I'm putting it with your thought of there's just less content departments and less content like leaders at every company. And what that means if non-content leaders are leading the content team and how that influences and decisions. <laughs> How is your team and animals using AI internally? Kind of like, what are some things that you've picked up outside of the top five that you talked about that as far as recommendations for writing? And then what are you using? How are you using it to help your clients? I think the biggest thing we've used AI for so far is solving the blank page problem. So writers who might hit a little bit of writer block or aren't sure where to begin with, you know, they give GBT or whatever tool they're using a prompt. Um, and they have something to like react to, you know, sometimes like, oh, that's not it. Right. And other times, you know, it might spur an idea or something. So that could be how they're using it for an outlining stage or drafting stage or filling in a certain paragraph, that kind of thing. So I hear that that's really helpful. I personally use it in evaluating distribution channels and like understanding a market. So like sometimes, you know, I have a big pitch coming up for a client, right, or a prospect. And um, to get to know their space sometimes, like, GBT is a great way to do a little bit of research, ask some specific questions. And then the same thing for evaluating like, yeah, who are the influencers, the journalists, the media outlets in a certain space that I don't know? Like it used to take like, wow. you build that list up for six months by like spending time on Twitter and meeting people. Like now you can just prompt GPT and kind of it spits it right out and it feels pretty close to the mark. So that's another way. And then a third way, we still do some amount of Gen AI driven blog posts for clients. Like if they specifically say we want to get the volume and we want to do a cheap price and I say we can do it with AI, we'll do sort of, you know, the human in the loop hybrid approach to creating content, which has shown some success in certain cases, but it's not sort of our blanket prescription when folks come to us. We do it when we're asked. We're not proud. It's, it's, it's working. It, it makes sense strategically for many of our clients. And it's, it kind of goes back to our previous conversation. Do I think it'll end up being the most successful strategy? No. Do I think it'll work temporarily? We're here to help. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. 
you have a Nostradamus hat where you uh, have a predictions about what will happen with AI and content in the coming years? I think it'd be a little foolish to try and make predictions. I mean, the things that seem true are less clicks through search, AI will get better, and you know, it'll become more of a part of our everyday, like every tool that we use and like less like of a thing on its own, I think. Like products just get infused with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think interest rates go down. VC market doesn't get back to where it was, of course, and it probably shouldn't. But we'll see some new companies, you know, crop up and like some that have kind of been hibernating start growing again. Um, so I think things will look a little bit healthier, but it'll be milestone driven, these fundraisers from here forward, which is just a good thing. That's the tech environment I grew up in, you know. What about you? What do you think is going to happen in the next few years? Well, I like your predictions. I think it'll just keep getting better. I think every single time that we say, you know, hey, I can't do these things. It's only a matter of time. Of, uh, I think what the big thing that we're going to see is actually outside of content. I think a lot of the, the changes happen. It'll keep getting better here. Everything will just keep building on itself. On the content side, there'll be a move towards subject matter expertise and like, how do you get the elusive and actual, you know, experts? It'll become a way of doing expert content by using a fraction of the expert's time before it used to be impossible to write expert content because you'd have to find a doctor who would write a giant blog post and you either had to be a writer who didn't know the doctor stuff or the doctor who didn't know the writing stuff. And I see those coming together with more niche content providers who really specialize and set their companies apart. I do see a lot of large companies deciding they're going to build moats again and it's going to be based on higher level quality. Um, kind of once they have marketing budgets again and there's no, there's few other marketing channels that are clicking. And then on the broader AI future side, are they coming for all of our jobs and are always going to be like Wally and sitting on a spaceship getting fat or uh, with, with universal income? I think that we just lived through such a massive disruption. I don't think the rest of the market is paying attention just how much it's going to disrupt lawyers, how much it's going to disrupt engineers. And I think it's going to be shocking at how many other white collar professions are about to be eaten because everybody's raising money to eat all of these industries. And so I think that our, we're going to have a really tumultuous economy, even as some of the macro trends like inflation get better. Um, but I'm glad that I'm not going to be in the crosshairs the next round, or at least I hope I'm not going to. You won't be new in the crosshairs, at least. <laughs> yes, I'll be, I'll be like the hardened, like the walking dead warriors who know how to survive at every turn. That's it. That's what we're looking for. Does that mean you're selling S&P and buying tech stocks? Like, Well, see, I got this MBA that was in marketing and finance. And the only thing I learned in the finance part was that I'm terrible at personal finance and I should never invest in anything. I was in Silicon Valley when Facebook happened and Google happened and LinkedIn happened and every one of these major trends. And I thought, thought it was completely silly that anybody would just sell free eyeballs. Like you're selling eyeballs? That's ridiculous. Um, don't, don't ask me about ways to invest money. You'll just make terrible Fair mistakes. Fair enough. I'm mm -hmm. kind of with you. Keep it mm -hmm. simple is my strategy. Yes. We are in the wrap-up zone. Can you let us know what are the marketers that inspire you? Who do you follow? And, uh, and can introduce us to. After you, Steve, I would recommend <laughs> a few content marketers. I really like Margaret Kelsey is a good friend of mine. Um, we worked together at AppQs for a while. She's got a great podcast and a good following and a good spirit. Um, she's on LinkedIn. Find her. Jimmy Daly, close friend. He runs Superpath, the community for content marketers. 
He's an ex-animals guy. Follow him. John Benini, he's great. Another sort of New England guy who uh, is building his own kind of content network and service um, that I really align to and sort of get behind as well. Ty, how can people follow you and animals after the show? Follow me on LinkedIn, Ty Magnin. I think if you search that, you'll find me. Um, animals, yeah, sign up for our newsletter if you're if you're motivated. The newsletters are, you know, where we put out our best content. People people follow the newsletter. You know, it's sort of known in the space. Maybe we have 12,000 content marketers on there. Um, animals with a Z, dot co, that's the URL. Perfect. Ty Magnin, thank you so much for joining me on Yes and Marketing. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Yes in Marketing. If you enjoy the show or learned something new today, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot. Thanks. Thanks.